0: Praise God. So we're going we're gonna to spend one more, one more week, one more day on this message. We're going to be talking about uh, emotional satisfaction. How many would like to just be satisfied? Yeah. Satisfied in your emotions. Did you know you, that's, that's actually possible? It's possible to be satisfied in your emotions. There are so many people we talk to and I talk to and I'm around that just have this sense that just something's not right. You know, something's not right. It's always something not right. Drama, drama, drama. How many? How many's ever said that? Drama, drama, drama. Something's not right. You know, you just have that. You just have that sense that something's not right, and that something's wrong. Even when everything's right, you just can't enjoy it because you just feel like the other shoe's about to drop, or you know something's going to go wrong, or something's going to happen. Well, if we're going to live under the the authority and power of our circumstances then there's always something going to be wrong because we live in a world that's wrong amen we live in a world that's full of faults we live in a world that's full of disappointments we live in a world where bad things happen and if you want to if you want to live there under the power of your circumstances then you're going to live with anxiety. You're going to live with this, just this feeling of, of something ain't right. You're never going to be happy. You're never going to be emotionally satisfied. But that's not where we live as the children of God. We live in another kingdom. We live in his presence. And in his presence is fullness of joy. In his presence is love unending. In his presence is peace that can't be explained. Amen. And when we learn to focus on the presence of God and on the Word of God, then everything begins to change. And we, we begin to, like we talked last week, we, we get to that place where our corpus striatum begins to say, hey, everything's good. Everything's good. And that's a good place to live. Amen. And you can learn to switch whenever, when, when there's problems in your life If you practice this, you can learn to go to that place. You don't have to stay in trouble. You don't have to stay in anxiety. You can actually learn to change your mind into that place where you know that everything's okay. Because God's with you. Amen. Say that our scripture today, 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus... After you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Oh, praise God. I like that settled part. I like to be settled. There's, you can be settled. Amen. Let's make our declaration. In Christ, my emotions are being healed of all disappointments, deficits, trauma, and emotional pain. In Christ... I am strong. I am stable. I am free from agitating passions. I am whole. I will not serve or be controlled by my emotions. But my emotions will serve and be controlled by Holy Spirit. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. There's all kinds of things that can try to that'll try to, to change that and try to get you off track. But you gotta just keep going back. Keep going back to God. We're gonna be talking today about uh, emotional satisfaction. I want you to turn with me to the book of John, chapter four, verses thirteen through fourteen. Praise God! If you didn't feel emotional satisfaction just a few minutes ago, oh, you got to get in touch with God. Amen. Hallelujah! You just got to get in touch with God. When we come in this place and worship, it's not—it's not a time. It, we're not just doing something that we're supposed to do. We're coming in here and just, and just coming into the oasis of God, the presence of God, the, the, um, the relationship. We're just letting everything go. Get it all out of here and just connect with God. Amen. What an awesome time. John chapter 4, verses 13 through 14. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Praise God. A fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, in in these two verses, Jesus is explaining the difference between natural satisfaction and spiritual satisfaction natural satisfaction you can you can use this world to receive a certain amount of satisfaction but it's not going to last it's going to go away why because we don't we We're not not built where we can just stay on one thing. We constantly have to have something else, something else, something else, something else. You see people all the time that that are always dissatisfied, no matter what they get. They go after things, and as soon as they get it, they're dissatisfied with it. You know, I I watch people all the time that have buyer's remorse. They just they just go after this thing. They gotta have it, gotta have it, gotta have it, gotta have it, and then they buy it, and then they got this buyer's remorse. I shouldn't have bought it. I shouldn't have bought it. I shouldn't have bought it. What is that? That's temporal desires, been trying to be satisfied with temporary stuff that doesn't fulfill. Because everything you go after in this world is going to dissatisfy you and it's going to let you down. It's going to break down. You know, you can build a brand new house and in a short time you got to start repairing things. Amen. It don't matter what you do, things are going to have to be repaired. Everything's temporary in this world. But Jesus was talking about spiritual satisfaction. Never thirst again. That seems to be a place of fantasy, a dream world, that you never thirst again. But Jesus is declaring it as a fact. In the book of John chapter 7 and verse 38, again, he says, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus confirms it again declares it again if you believe in me out of your heart out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water when you have rivers of living water then you don't thirst because you never have an opportunity to get thirsty yeah. amen isn't that amazing As that a lot of us say you know, that, that just doesn't exist. It's too good to be true. Actually, it's not. But the thing we got to understand is you can't have rivers of living water flowing out of you while you're chasing temporal satisfaction instead of the satisfaction of God. You've got to invest in this thing. You've got to go after it. You've got to live in it. You've got to learn to live in a state of the presence of God. I don't mean you float around and, and everybody thinks you're weird because you're all you know you're always you know off somewhere else, you know, and, and uh, you're you're so super spiritual you can't even talk to people or you can't shake hands with anybody and all that kind of I've I've met all kinds of nuts and fruits. My goodness. In forty years of ministry I've I've seen some of the, some of the craziest stuff. I mean, I've, I've, I've had people wouldn't even shake my hand because they said, oh, I, I can't disturb the anointing. You, if you if I shake your hand, it'll disturb the anointing. Oh, man, I just want to slap them. <laughs> I want to disturb their anointing real bad because, because they need to come down off their pedestal and off their high horse and realize that they're nothing but a child of God that's come to serve, and it's the power in us. And i got to tell you something, you can't disturb Holy Spirit. He is powerful. He is above. He is beyond. He is almighty. He's most high. He's everything God is. You can't run God off. You can't shake him up. You can't throw him off the throne. You can't shake him up because you do something. Amen everlasting satisfaction comes when we stop looking at God as some kind of vapor that floats through once in a while and I feel the Spirit. Well, He ought to be living inside of you. Amen. I grew up in the Pentecostal church, and Pentecostals had the worst terminology that there ever was. I mean bad terminology. Their terminology made God seem like this, schizophrenic, uncontrollable, unfaithful thing that just all of a sudden passed through every once in a while and we had a good service. I had I was pastor in one church and 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 I preached on a, on a on a Wednesday night. I preached and it was it was kind of a hard atmosphere, just a rough atmosphere. And and I'm not I'm not a person that just gives in to stuff. I fight through. I push through. I you know, if if something starts pushing on me, I push back. And so I pushed my way through. We preached the gospel and and after the service, this older man come up to me. And he said, Pastor, something you need to learn. I said, What's that? I'm always getting taught. People hand me books all the time and say, You really need to read this. Okay, I'll read it. Amen. Because I need to be educated. But usually that's an insult. Somebody's saying, you know, you are really lacking and you need to increase. And I say, thank you. Amen. <laughs> But this guy came up to me. He said, Pastor, something you need to learn. He said, when the Spirit's not moving, you need need to just let it go. I said, do what? He said, we we had a pastor here for a long time. He'd get up to preach, and if it just wasn't here, he he would just call us all up front, we'd pray, and go home. I said, you have got to be kidding me. He said, no. He said, they don't no, no need to, to stay here and try to push if the Spirit of the Lord ain't here. I said, how can he not be here when he lives in us? And I said, no wonder it's hard tonight. Because <laughs> y'all was one to just pray and go home. <laughs> you wasn't one to fight through. Praise God. That is not what, God, I mean, God, you know, God showed up. We have terminology, God showed up. He always shows up. He's always on time. He's a God that never leaves us nor forsakes us. He's will be with us to the end of the age. Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Holy Spirit does not come and go, float around, and, and like a vapor, though, the wind blows away. He is consistent. He is powerful. He is overwhelming of the enemy. When the devil comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. If the enemy, come, enemy comes in one way, he'll depart seven ways. Amen. I mean, God is a God that does not back down. And if we would quit backing down, we would understand and our terminology would change. Amen. Okay, I'm going to have to get focused here. Jesus is talking about soulish, emotional satisfaction that comes from a constant flow of Holy Spirit. Amen. Now I'm not going to get into a lot of lot of uh, science and and uh, quantum physics and all that like I've been doing today because we're just going to we're just going to get a hold of it and i want you to start climbing up we're gonna we're gonna encourage ourselves in the lord today and say it's mine it belongs to me i'm not going to let it go anymore i'm not going to be pushed back not going to be put down this belongs to me amen everything we've been preaching for the last 10 weeks you need to be grabbing hold of and saying that's mine that's mine it is mine i won't do without it it's mine amen Jesus was talking to a woman that came to the well by herself. Jesus told the disciples that he was going to stay here and rest. They went into town to get some food. Jesus had an agenda. Uh, Thank God he has an agenda. This woman was coming by herself. And Jesus sat there on the well. And when she came up, Jesus said, Give me a drink. Well, there's all kinds of things wrong with this picture. Number one, Jesus being a Jew was not supposed to be talking to Samaritans. Number two, this lady was all by herself, and he was not supposed to be interacting. She was not supposed to be interacting with him by herself. And so there's all kinds of things going wrong here. But I got to tell you something. Jesus will climb over every barrier, every obstacle, everything standing in the way to get to you, to pull you out of the place that has you bound and deliver you. If he has to break down every wall, he'll break it down. Amen. He was going against all kinds of traditions here. He said, Give me a drink. Give me a drink. And, uh, you know, she, she replied, you know, what are you doing talking to me? You could tell that this woman had some bitterness in her life. And Jesus, when, when she gave him a drink, or when, when he talked to her, he said, give me a drink. Jesus said to her in verse 10, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God... And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Praise God. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? People are going to ask you, what, what, what makes you so special? Amen. What makes you so special? You're happy. What makes you so special? In a, in a world where everybody's sarcastic and down and, and down on everything, if you're happy, people are going to be suspicious of you. Amen. You know, what's so special about you? Oh, that's when you just start telling them. I'll tell you what's special about me. Jesus saved my life. He come into my life and changed me, gave me life. Praise God. I had somebody when I was working in the oil fields, they had watched me for a while when I first hired on, and one guy came to me and he said, He said, what's, what's up with you? I said, I don't know. He said, You're different. And I said, Okay, how am I different? Well, he said, You don't talk like the rest of us. He said, You don't cuss. He said, You don't get mad. And you, you're just kind of happy. He said, what's up with you? I said, man, I'm glad you asked. And it just happened to be that he was asking me this in front of We was in the, the big room where we filled out our log books and all the information paper and stuff, and there's a whole lot of guys in there. And he just happened to do this. He confronted me in front of all these guys. You know, he was trying to, he was wanting to make fun of me. He was wanting to point out that I was different. And I said, man, I'm glad you asked. I said, I'll tell you what's different about me. Jesus changed my life, and he saved me from the stuff you're talking about. He delivered me out of it, and I am different because I'm changed. God saved me, and now I'm a child of the living God, and that's why you think I'm different because I live according to God. And and the room was just quiet. And he looked at me. He said, we've had people like you around here before. He said, You won't last a month. He said, None of you do. He said, We've had you Christians hire on here before. Nobody ever laughs. You'll either quit and leave or you'll be just like us in a matter of months. I said, Son, you have done met somebody different because I didn't come here to be changed. I didn't come here for you to influence me. I come here. Work and I am a child of the living God, and that's how I'm going to live. Amen. And several months later, and they did everything in their power to try to get me down, to try to pull me down. And every, I, I mean, it even come to physical attacks, and and it got rough and it got mean, and 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 they 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 were threatening to get me down and pour beer down me and get me drunk and turn me loose in town so so everybody'd know that I was just an old drunk and all this kind of stuff and and it got tough it got mean I mean we rolled in the dirt we got covered in stuff we we had all kinds of stuff there was all kinds of things happen but I just kept preaching the gospel to them. I'd pull out my new testament start reading to them. I'd say hey guys look what I read this morning and I'd start reading to them. and I could clear a whole oil field I mean they would disappear and I didn't have to put up see I told him one time somebody asked me he said how do you put up with all that stuff I said I don't have to put up with them they have to put up with me it's my room it's my kingdom everywhere I walk belongs to me amen so they got to put up with me and the amount of time that this guy said that it would take me to either quit or be just like them I realized one day that that time had elapsed and I walked into this room full of guys He's standing there talking to somebody. I walked in there, and I said, hey. And it just got real quiet, because that means there's about to be a fight. He looked at me. I said, what happened? He said, what do you mean? I said, I didn't quit, and I'm not like you. What happened? He dropped his head. He said, I don't know. I said, I'll tell you what happened. There's somebody living inside of me that's bigger than me and bigger than you. His name is Jesus Christ, and you need to meet him. Amen. You need to beat him. Listen, there's a fountain springing up inside of you full of living water. You don't have to dry up just because you're in the desert. Just because you're surrounded by old dried out people don't mean you have to dry out because you are a spring. You are a fountain. You are one that is well enough. It's not from the outside to the inside. It's from the inside to the outside. I got a fountain that's attached straight to the throne room of God. It's flowing out from under the right side of the throne coming right out through me. I live in a fountain state. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. This woman said, you don't have anything to draw with. How are you going to give me a drink of water? And Jesus said, oh, if you just knew the gift that was talking to you. If you just knew the gift that was talking to you. And, and she said, well, give me this water. And Jesus said, go get your husband." And she said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, well, you said that right. You've had five, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. Now, I've heard this preached for a long time in just real condemnation against this woman. But that's people that don't understand biblical times and the things that was going on. This woman had, didn't have the ability to put away a husband. Husbands put away their wives in that day. So it's not like she had just left five husbands. She got rejected and shoved out five times. And the guy she was living with now wouldn't even give her covenant. Was just using her. Now, I don't know why the five times her marriage failed. Matter of fact, they asked, they asked Jesus, said, can we put away our wives for any, any reason?" And Jesus said, because of the hardness of your heart, Moses gave you that commandment. And in that day, that's what happened. And if if a woman wasn't able to have children, the husband had the right to put her away, to divorce her. This woman maybe couldn't have children. Five times she'd been brought into covenant. Five times she'd been cast out. And here she is with the sixth one that wouldn't even come into covenant with her. And Jesus, when she said, give me the water that you're talking about. Give me that water that you're talking about. Jesus didn't say, go get your condemnation. He didn't say, go get your shame. What he said was, go bring me your disappointments. Bring me your rejections. If you want to be filled with this water... Go get your rejections, your disappointments, and the pain in your life and bring it to me. And I'm going to change this thing out. I'm going to exchange living water for all the rejection you face, all the problems you face, all the pain you face. I'm going to give you something in turn, but you go get that and bring it to me first. got to tell you something. God does not try to soak a desert. He turns the desert into a living a living well amen he's not going to just pour water into your desert and it just disappear have you ever saw water being poured into sand it just goes a little ways and disappears that's not what god's about god goes into the sand and erupts into that thing and turns it into a living fountain turns it into a field that's growing wild and beautiful things in your life and he said go get the things that has turned your life into a desert and I'm going to give you something that's going to cause life to come up inside of you I got to tell you something today God is telling you don't come to me and get, try to get me to water your disappointment bring your disappointments to me and let me erupt my fountain inside of them and turn them in to joy turn them into hope and turn them into love bring me your pain bring me the things that have done you wrong and let me change them out Jesus wasn't sitting there with a smug condemning look on his face he was there to change the reality of this woman and change it from a reality of disappointment to a reality of joy Of course, her response was proper. She said, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. (laughs) 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 Kind of like, like, uh uh-oh, you can see everything inside of me. You can see right through me. Amen. That's not a curse. That's a blessing. I've had people run, but I've also had people come and accept the word of God. I've told you about times the pastors told me they couldn't have me back to preach at the church because people wouldn't come when I preached because they said I saw everything that was in their life and they wouldn't come. Well, that, that's not a reason to stay home. That's a reason to come. Why? Because God is not pointing at those things and saying, I want to condemn you, I want to shame you. He's pointing at them and saying, give those to me. Get rid of them. It's time to unload that stuff. I want to give you living water in your parched desert of disappointment and destruction. Then this lady started debating. You know, people always go to some type of religious debate to try to to try to get you off key, you know. Jesus is focused on her and she begins to say, "Well, where should we worship?" <laughs> In this mountain or in Jerusalem, you know, that where should we worship? Jesus said, oh, lady, I'm going to tell you something. There's coming a time when the real worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. Amen. Oh, What was Jesus doing? He was trying to get her to a place of emotional satisfaction where everything in her life changed. Amen. He wasn't there just to point out her faults. Amen. He wasn't there just a, when I was growing up I thought that's what preaching was all about is point out everybody's faults you know what that does that puts you under a magnifying glass and makes you the most miserable person in the church as a pastor because you're either you're either miserable because you're guilty or you're hiding because you don't want anybody to see them I got to tell you something that's not what it's about what it's about is living out loud and free and saying I know I've got faults I know I don't do everything right but I've got a God that is amazing I've got a God that loves me and he He lives inside of me and every time I fall down he picks me up when I get dirty he cleans me off when I can't walk he stands me up and makes me walk when I have no strength he is my strength Jesus is my Lord and Savior and he is our hope amen (laughs) yeah as a pastor several years ago, I decided to quit trying to hide and be somebody, and I decided just to get real, pull the covers back, and say, hey, this is who I am. If, gonna, if I'm going to live in a glass house, check it out. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Because I want you to know that Jesus is our Savior. Yeah. Amen. There's, there's, most pastors wouldn't tell you about years of, of struggling with depression, but I will because I want those that are struggling with depression to know that There is hope. Yeah. There is hope. There is hope. Amen. The anxiety, the things that I've I've walked through in my life, I want you to know there's hope. There is hope there's hope. I know how to get there. I know how to walk it out. I know what it's like to be under such pressure and such anxiety and such fear, but I also know what it's like to walk out of that with a high hand, singing praises to our God because he is almighty and he is the most high. I know what it's like to feel empty and drained, but I also know what it's like to have the fountain of God burst up inside of me and flow out like a mighty roaring river. And the the very presence of God on the throne begin to come through you. See, this woman said, give me this water. She didn't realize Jesus was giving it to her the whole time. Give me this water. She gets to a place where all of a sudden, after Jesus told her that they that worship me will worship me in spirit and in truth. See, Jesus erased all the lines. He said, no, it's not what the Samaritans say to worship in this mountain. It's not worshiping Jerusalem. It's worshiping right here. Worship me in spirit and in truth. And all of a sudden the light come on inside of her. Something started coming up inside of her the fountain began to erupt inside of her She didn't know what it was, but all of a sudden she threw her water pot down She left her water pot there and she went running into town Where she was rejected where she was looked down on And Jesus gave her validity in life. He validated her because she went running into town and went to all the men. See, here we're breaking tradition again. She didn't go to the women's meeting. She went to the men's group. And she went in there and she began to say, there's somebody that just told me everything I've ever done. And she wasn't saying it like, oh, I just can't believe he did that. I can't believe he showed all that. She said, he just told me everything. Why? Because it set her free. She began to tell him, is this not the Messiah? Is it not the Messiah? And the Bible says that they believed according to her words. This woman didn't have any validation whatsoever. She was mocked and made fun of by the other women in town because she had been put away five times. Probably didn't have any children. She was an outcast. She was shamed. But all of a sudden, the spring of God began to well up inside of her. And she took off running into town, not with condemnation in her heart, but with a well springing up inside of her, saying, is not this the Messiah? Have I not found the Messiah? He told me everything. And the people began to run out. To see Jesus because of her words. They went out and saw Jesus. And then they came back to this lady. I want you to notice the miracles that are happening here. I mean, back then, women didn't have the... I mean, they, they didn't have credibility. It was a terrible time. They didn't have credibility. But yet, these men came back to this woman and said, okay, now we believe him because of his words, not just because of yours. But they came back and said, you are right. All of a sudden, this woman went from shame to being validated by the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This well was springing up inside of her, and they said, they, they went to Jesus, and they said, can't you stay? Can't you stay? This was Samaria. He wasn't supposed to be in Samaria. He wasn't supposed to be talking to Samaritans, let alone staying and ministered to them, and Jesus said, yes, I can. And he stayed there two days and taught and ministered the word of God. Why? He stayed there because this lady, this rejected, downtrodden, cast out woman that all of a sudden came in contact with the King of kings and the Lord of lords and he began to speak into her life and cause a well to spring up inside of her to the point that she began to declare the Messiah. And now she went from the outcast to the one responsible for bringing salvation to her city, for bringing the power of God right into her city. There was people healed because this woman had an encounter with Jesus. I want to tell you something. Emotional trauma... Emotional stress we've been talking about, all the emotional dissatisfaction does not have to stay in your life because when you come face-to-face with Jesus and you encounter the grace and the life-giving flow of Jesus, he will change your circumstances. And instead of somebody that's dry, you'll you'll have a fountain springing up inside of you. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Hey, listen, there is no praise like praise and pain. There is no worship, like worshiping when your life is going wrong. Everything's going wrong in your life, but you start worshiping God. And next thing you know, you've went from pain to just the glory and presence of God, and now you've got it in your heart. Hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Why? Because there's somebody that i'm connected to there's somebody that's inside of me praise god you don't have to be emotionally traumatized you can be emotionally satisfied but there's only one person that can do it and his name is jesus christ emotional trauma is real not making light of it it's real It has real impact on our life. It is destructive. It can control you. It can take you down. It can control the rest of your life. It can turn you into a person you don't even want to be around. Emotional trauma hurts us. Changes us. But while you're Going to that well to try to get a little bit of satisfaction. Amen. That well of drugs, that well of immorality, that well of alcohol, that well of, of food, that well, whatever that well is in your life, going to it, trying to get some satisfaction. Jesus is going to, you're going to find Jesus sitting on that well. He's going to encounter you. He's going to encounter you. Matter of fact, there are people that are listening to me today online that are going to that well of the world. But today you're you're finding Jesus. Jesus is coming. He's going to encounter you. You're going to encounter Jesus. There's people in this place today. You need to encounter Jesus. You You need to bring your dissatisfaction, you need to bring your trauma, you need to bring your heartache to Jesus, because when you want to drink of the water of God, he doesn't come and say, okay, I'm going to give you some water to drink in your trauma. I'm going to try to give you some satisfaction in the midst of all of your pain. No. He says, bring it to me. Bring it to me. He's not ashamed of you. He's not afraid of you. He's not afraid of your problems. Yeah. He can handle your problems. Hallelujah. Because he is almighty God. Stand with me today if you would. Oh, thank you, Lord. Jesus, come to heal the brokenhearted. He come to set the captive free. There is, there is an influence and a validation God wants to bring into our lives today. Amen. Praise God. I know what it's like to be emotionally broken. I'm a very stoic person. I don't show a lot of emotion. I don't know why I don't try. It's just the way I am. Somebody was talking, I was reading an article the other day about how the cleansing power of tears. And as I was reading that article, I thought, what must that be like? Uh. Never experienced it. Mm -hmm. That must be awesome to be able to do that, you know? I have a totally different approach. When When I feel pain, I fight. When I feel pain, I, you know, I, I want to conquer it. When I feel fear, I want to conquer it. And I thought, what must that be like? So I know what it's like to live with emotional trauma that's unresolved because many times you can't resolve trauma if you just want to fight with it. You can't resolve emotional problems if you just want to fight with it. I had to learn how to bring it to the Lord and say, God, I can't do anything with this, it's whipping me, it's destroying me. I know what it's like to hurt so bad and yet have to push through. There's been so many times that I've walked behind this pulpit with my heart literally ripped out of me, hurting so bad, and preach the gospel and try to minister to people in spite of that. And watch people receive and not even be able to resolve the pain in my own heart. I know what that's like. But also know what it's like to humble yourself before God and say, God, this thing's killing me. This thing's whipping me. You've got to help me to finally give it up and say, God, here I am. Cleanse me. Wash me and to feel the freeing power of Jesus Christ come in during your life and all that just begin to dissolve out of you. That is amazing. Powerful. Powerful. And today, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to somebody here today in this auditorium right now. tried to ignore this thing, you've tried to push it back, you've tried to satisfy it with all kinds of stuff, it is robbing from you, it is taking away from you, it is hurting you, and it's stealing from you everything that's good in your life, and what you need to do today is to stop fighting with it, stop trying to ignore it and run to Jesus and say, Jesus, you know how bad I'm hurting. You know how distraught I am. You know what this is doing to me. I need your living water. I need your help today. I need to face up. God, I need your transformation. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray for the power of Jesus Christ, the healing power of Jesus in this house today, Lord God, that you'd minister powerfully right now in this house. Father, in lives, wherever they might be, Father, I ask you to minister to people right now crushed, broken, trying to be tough, trying to put on a brave face but losing the battle but lord today we want to come sit down at the well with you let it all go we need a drink father we need a drink thank you father thank you father Thank you, Father. Oh, I feel the fight going on, I feel the fight. You're fighting, you're fighting, praise God, but it's time, it's time to quit fighting, it's time to yield, it's time to yield. You're afraid of what's going to happen, if you yield, you're afraid of emotion, you're afraid of what's going to happen, but it's time to do it, it's time to do it, it's time to do it. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Can we do do what we did last Sunday? Let's all just come. Let's Let's come up around the front. We all need to just come forward. We all have stuff we need to get off. But come and just kneel. Find a place to pray around this front. You say, I don't have anything I need to pray about. Well, you come and it'll make it easier for somebody else. Come on. Let's just come before God and say, God, here it is. I'm bringing to you my disappointments. I'm bringing to you, Lord, my hurts, my pain, my emotional trauma. I'm bringing it to you right now. In Jesus' name, here it is. Here it is, Lord. Here it is, Lord. Here it is, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.